0: We come to you today, Father, to, to study your word. To take it into our hearts and our minds that it might draw us closer to you. And we ask, Father, that on this special day of Pentecost that your Holy Spirit might open your word to us. and also might direct our minds and our wills to you we pray father that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may glorify you in jesus name amen when the day of pentecost arrived they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of you think that Pentecost is a Christian festival? Jewish festival it's actually Pentecost is just one more example of our Christian faith being based in Jewish roots we all know that Christ was crucified on the Passover in the Jewish chronological the next seven days was the the time of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then there was the Feast of the First Fruits, which would have been started uh, on the Sunday that Jesus visited the disciples when Thomas was there. And then 50 days from then was Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks or Harvest first feast of first the feast of first fruits a couple of weeks before was because of the harvest of barley the very first crop that would mature and this one is the harvest of wheat and how did this power this um, uh, writing in acts 2 how did it end in 41 in verse 41 and many and thousands came to the lord the wheat came to the lord on pentecost and then in, in this um, section of Acts, there was a sound like the, um, like a wind, but it wasn't a wind. There was flames that weren't flames, and the disciples and those that were with them. astonished at what was going on around them. But even more to their astonishment, they started speaking in languages that they didn't know. But what you say, why would this happen? How come I haven't heard this wind that's not a wind or the, seen these flames that are not a flame? But again, it goes back When we read our gospels and our epistles, especially, and when we're coming to the Lord and we read it, we know that the result of us coming to the Lord is that we will be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But the Jews and the disciples were Jews and the families that were with them there were 120 in that room it wasn't just the 12 disciples they hadn't had that experience they didn't understand it God had to get their attention and he did and he also got the attention of all those that were outside because they too heard this wind that they couldn't see and they would know Jerusalem is dry, so if there was a wind rushing through Jerusalem that sounded that loud, the dust would be kicked up. But there weren't, and then these 120 people came out of this room and started talking to each one of them in the language of his birth. Now just imagine if that happened here. All of a sudden, there was a sound like a rushing wind that filled this room but it also filled Poinclair and people were rushing out of the houses around fearing there might have been some sort of explosion and Point Claire is a multicultural City. There's people living on these streets from all over the world. That's that's Canada. And we ran out there and started talking, each one in their native language. That's what happened here. And those that were there, the devout Jews who were there to celebrate this Feast of Pentecost, to offer their wheat sacrifice at the temple, they were just ran to this house. Amazed. If they were from Newfoundland, they probably were gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked, okay. Gobsmacked. But what happened from there? Some of them, the more cynic, uh, cynical of the crowd, said, Oh, they were, they're drunk. And Peter, the same Peter. On the Sea of Galilee, several weeks ago, when Jesus said, Peter, will you give your life for me? Peter could only answer, Jesus, you know that I have affection for you. That's Saint Peter. gave a sermon that I'm just awesome. And you have to say, is that the St. Peter? And you have to answer, no. The difference is This is the Peter that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to stop for today. As far as the Bible selection. Because that's filled with the Spirit. Is and should be an important part of our lives. Some may ask, but okay, back on that first Sunday after the crucifixion, when Jesus came to the 11 disciples, or the, actually the 10 disciples, because Judas was no more, and Thomas wasn't there, didn't he breathe on them the Holy Spirit? Well, what's the difference? The difference is, The difference is, think back to Genesis. Genesis 2.7 The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living thing. This time, however, it is Jesus who is breathing the breath spirit of eternal life. Light from above into his disciples. Furthermore, there is the imagery of Ezekiel, chapter 37, 1 to 14, the prophecy concerning the resurrection of the dry bones. The Son of Man is told to prophesy to the wind breath spirit to come and breathe on the corpses so that it will live again. And verse 14, the Lord promised. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you in your own land. And when we declare that we have accepted that Jesus is Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is breathed into us to give us a new life eternal life and we're given our own land the kingdom of God and that's what happened in John 2020 happens to each one of us when we make that declaration The, the, the same declaration that Thomas made on the second Sunday Jesus my Lord and my God Seals us. It was something that the Jews had never experienced. Moses, David, they'd been directed by the Holy Spirit, and they'd never been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So this was new to them. And to be powered from within by the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus gave them the time to study the scriptures, to offer prayer and worship until Pentecost. But for us, the moment that we're baptized into the Holy Spirit, shielded, given holy uh, eternal life, accepted into the kingdom of God, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit from that time on. But are we? In Ephesians 5.8 Paul writes be not drunk with wine wherein wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit. We're drunk we've lost self-control. We can't control our, our Ourselves, our self control is given to something else. Paul uses drunkenness as a comparison to, to being filled with the Holy Spirit. But you can take anything that causes us to hand our self control over to something that is of utter no benefit to us in our walk with Christ. It could be drugs. It could be a deep desire to, for money. It could be for, for um, anything that takes away the control of our lives away from Christ. Because if it takes away our self-control, if we let that take over us, then we're definitely not letting the Holy Spirit be filling us. Some of us might have the idea that the Holy Spirit is something you know we can on and off tap when we need them. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go and do some stuff for the Lord today, so I'm going to turn to the Holy Spirit so he can empower me. It doesn't work like that. The the thing that we have to do is turn off our self-will. To give our will to the Holy Spirit so we can do God's will. Because, like the things of the world, anything of the world that, would, that takes over our self control and causes us to do harm to us and to others, we know the Holy Spirit. When we take our self control and say, Holy Spirit, here, my will is your will because I want to do God's will. We know that 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 handing over of self-control will cause benefits to us and to others. And you know, we really, we don't have a choice because the verb be filled is a command. It's not a if you want to, when you get around to it, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, go on, you know, He's there waiting for you. Just open the tap. It's a command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's also present tense so that when Paul wrote it to the Ephesians he was writing to them to be filled at that time and as we're reading it it's still in the present tense so it's telling us to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit you might say keep on being filled Well, that never happened to the disciples, right? They never had to be keep on being filled. Well, if you've read a book of Acts, you know that at different times, it records them being filled with the Holy Spirit. When uh, Peter, was arrested and they were praying and, and the disciples were forbidden by the Sadducees to talk about Jesus. The disciples were praying together for boldness to step out and be witnesses of Christ. There was a, this was a new need for them. So once again, They were filled with the Holy Spirit using different parts of their gifts to step out boldly in the name of Christ and there'll be times in our lives where the Holy Spirit will be leading us into something like I have never done that before And the Holy Spirit will say to you, yeah, but I have. And when you surrender to the Holy Spirit, you'll be doing the things you've never been done before by you. I can think of at least three or four other occasions in the book of Acts where it says that they were filled with spirit, to be empowered to do different things that they would never have thought of doing on their own. And almost in every occasion That particular story, I don't like story, but I'm going to say story of the disciples ends with, and hundreds or and thousands were added to the church. The Holy Spirit... is there if we've declared that Jesus is yes definitely our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit is within us but what are some of the conditions of our being filled with the Holy Spirit first there must be a dedication of self to God for his use and control. A dedicated life. Who's going to run my life? And us, because we are still not in our glorified bodies, and we have made a decision of repentance and turning away from the world and turning to God. So putting our old sinful nature behind us, but still occasionally sin will creep in there individual acts of sin. And that interferes and that grieves the Holy Spirit, so we have to rededicate our lives and that's the second condition of being filled is not grieving the Holy Spirit or when we have grieved to rededicate re-give our lives back to the Lord the third thing is dependence just as Jesus says I'm your shepherd, I will look after you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the same as walking with the Holy Spirit. And if I take this foot and I lift this one up here, I'm saying, you're gonna hold me up, right? Okay, now you're gonna hold me up, right? We have to do that same dependence on the Holy Spirit. And if we put this foot on stone, and we put this one on sand, then we're gonna stumble. We can't put this foot on the Holy Spirit, and this one on the world, and say, sure, I'm depending on you. Both feet have gotta be in the walk of the Lord. Trusting in it. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What are the results of being filled with the Spirit? The first is Christ-likeness. Drawing us closer to being like Christ. And let's face it, we could do a whole with a whole lot of that. Just in our reaching out to the world, we don't want to do it. I'm an introvert. Except when I'm talking about the Lord, I'm really an introvert. Like, give me a book or, or something, and just sit me in a corner. I'm perfectly happy. Don't have me talking to strangers. Except. About the Lord. But many of us might be in that situation. Or we don't, I don't know about that guy. He's not from my walk of life. I don't really want to deal with him. <coughs> the, Holy, the Holy Spirit deals with all kinds of us like that. And imagine. If Christ had come into the world and then not said another word, not done another thing, where would we be now? Imagine if his disciples after the day of Pentecost and said, okay, thank you, Lord. We've got the Holy Spirit now. Now we'll just go back to our day jobs and not dedicated the rest of their lives to putting the word of the Lord out there to the lost. Imagine what the world is like out there now because so many of us are going back about our day jobs and not being asked or allowing ourselves to be asked and directed by the Holy Spirit to talk to the lost. The second result of being filled with the Spirit is how it affects our worship and our praise. That same verse from Ephesians 5, the same verses 18 to 20, where it talks about not not getting drunk with wine but being filled with the spirit it says addressing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melodies to the lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ The third is submissiveness. And that's the very end of those verses from Ephesians, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Not submitting to each other out of reverence for each other because somebody is better than me or whatever or stronger or more capable but submitting out of reverence for Christ. Being filled with the spirit in this missiveness creates a harmony between husband and wife, between parents and children, employers and employees. And if we try to grab it back and put it under our own self-control and create disharmony, the fourth result of being filled with the spirit is service for the lord what kind of service service which in the power of the spirit uses one particular one's particular combination of spiritual gifts for more specifically that will result in people coming to the Lord in salvation. Allowing the Holy Spirit to use each one of us according to the gifts, specific gifts that he has given to each one of of, of us and the combinations thereof To go out in the world and take the gospel to the lost, and you know what? If we were all right now filled with the Holy Spirit to go out and do that, we'd all be doing it in different ways, and that's good because not everybody out there and who's lost is the same. if we don't allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit to use those gifts, and he'll use different ones at different times. It's like the Holy Spirit has led a lot of us into Bible study. But if we, all we do with that Bible study is increase our head knowledge, but be unlike the, holy, the, the, the disciples who followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and took that head knowledge and gave it out to the lost. You know, it's as if we're saying, like, okay, well, if we do lots and lots and lots of Bible study, then we're going to get better. We're going to get more Christ-like. And we'll get closer to God. Which is only as good as it goes because the second thing I said is Christ-like. And Christ-like Christ gave to the world. Gave to the lost. Some of us are given the gifts of hospitality. And if we only use it for our church family or even for our family, we're an in group here. We know each other. It's great to have fantastic. Potluck suppers and teas and everything else and um, um, retreats when we did summer retreats when we had them up on the lake at Barry's and and Doe's But how what would be like if next time we do that, each one of us would invite to come along with us somebody not from the church family next time we have a potluck maybe ask the leaders look can you give us a half hour between the end of the service and the start of the potluck because we want to go and pick somebody up bring them back They wouldn't come to the church service yet. We're we're going to work on them for that, but they might come to the potluck, and they can see the people that are walking in the Lord, and maybe the Holy Spirit will work on them. Well, their hearts will be opened. You're holding a family barbecue just amongst your family. Ask that grumpy neighbor over there to come and join you. Pray that the Holy Spirit will work on his grumpiness, so when he goes back across the street afterwards, he'll be a little bit less grumpy and a little bit bit more open to your speaking to him about the Lord. Now I can stand here all afternoon going through all sorts of gifts, I think you're getting an idea. We have to dedicate our lives and hand our will over to the Holy Spirit. Uh, did everybody pray the Lord's Prayer when we were doing it this afternoon? Our Father in heaven, may your name be revered let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is on heaven let your will be done we're asking god the father to enable the holy spirit to do his will through us with that sentence We're pleading with him every time we pray that prayer that our lives might be dedicated to his will. Every time. And that's how his kingdom will come. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you sent your Son to die for us. We thank you, Father. But you didn't stop there. We thank you, Father, that your Son was resurrected as a sign to us of what our eternal life will be like. And we thank you, Father, that you sent your Holy Spirit to seal us in that eternal life, to seal our citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit can guide and direct us and empower us to do your will. We ask you, Father, that your Holy Spirit will lead us to dedicate our lives to your will, to give up our old nature's self-control of ourselves. That we may do, do your will to bring the lost into the kingdom. Each one of us in our own way, That your kingdom may come and that your name may be revered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.